Welcome to Cancelled. We are back, and it is episode seven and eight of Colcheck the Night Stalker. With me for the duration, the young and handsome Mr. Pat Dean is here. Hello, sir. Young and handsome. Yes, sir. Yeah, usually I, I get one or the other. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, you're not that great looking, <laughs> but you got some time to kind of age into it. <laughs> you can grow into it. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't really know how to take that, but okay. Yeah, enough. I take it poorly. That's <laughs> not a nice thing to say to a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that I'm confused. <laughs> oh, okay. Not, fuck you, I'm an adult, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how you been? Ah, fucking awful, man. You know, it's like, you, you know, like when you wake up and you're just like, ah, oh, this again. Yeah. I think that every time I wake up, just wake up pissed. Sure. Get out of bed pissed. Go in my car. I feel fine. I just feel so <laughs> mad for the first, like, minute. This is waking up with your fist balled up. So, oh, mad. my God. That's why that's how I sleep, with fists <laughs> next to my head, like a crazy person. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wake up so mad, and then uh, literally a minute later, I'm like, this is fine. It's yeah, and the world fine. doesn't help. No, the world is so bad. This is a fucking nightmare. It's awful. It's a nightmare, and then you also, like, the worst part is it's a nightmare, and then you meet of like occasional people that are like, man, I really like this nightmare. It's just really <laughs> annoying. It's like if everyone's just in on the nightmare, you'd be like, all right, we can suffer through this yeah. together. But then there's like every once in a while, like, man, this nightmare is really picking up. Oh god, it's it's yeah, it's it's funny because at the bar that I work at, like a lot of times people come in, and you kind of like overhear people's conversation. Sure. And it's so funny because people come in and when they're talking about Donald Trump and how like they're Trump supporters, they're like. They speak like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not loudly at all, but I fucking hear them. I fucking hear them all. <laughs> this guy came in the other day, and he was, like, talking about how much he loved Donald Trump to his buddy. I'm like, well, all right, whatever. And then he starts talking about his girlfriend who's in jail, who is, like, a cam model or something. It was fucking weird, man. Okay, so he, he, you mean to tell me that he's just being catfished on the internet? Like, well, I don't know, because he, like... They from, don't have internet in jail. Well, like, no. <laughs> you can't be a cam model from prison. From what... I've gathered, and I couldn't spend my whole shift just listening to this conversation as badly as I wanted to. Sure. He, like, the girl's in jail for, like, six more months, and he's, like, taking their kids, like, her ch- children to his lake house. It was it was a weird situation. Okay. And so I couldn't tell, like, if they really met or if we were just putting it on. But then he's, like, showing the guys he's with, like... The like Pornhub videos, and I'm like, this is a weird situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He just tips a lot on Chatterbait. <laughs> That's all that is. Oh, I bet you he buy like he buys porn star shit off their Amazon wish list. Oh God, one of those zeros. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, those dudes who follow porn stars on Twitter, it's like yeah, fucking yeah. get a life. I uh, there was one for a while that I followed because it was very funny because she was just like just a fucking nerd so she just posted about like burritos and shit all the time and then every once in a while just be like a picture of her asshole (laughs) and then just like more nerd shit about fucking doctor who or whatever i was like this this made me laugh i stopped i don't follow anymore but uh yeah no it's not even the following on twitter whatever like i there was a uh, i I guess the like uh, adult video convention was recently in vegas or whatever they have like a big convention every year and i saw somebody on twitter posting from there like like met my met my idol. Like these people are treating it like Comic Con, but for pussy. Yeah. But you know, like at least at Comic Con, you get to read the comic book. Like you know, what I'm saying you get to have the comic book. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're not fucking any of these women. No. 
And if you are... And also, they're taking pictures with them, like, ah, look at this. And it's like, what? They have to be skeeved out by you. There's no way that interaction is good for them. It's impossible. Remember when, like, porn was, like, a thing you were ashamed of? And I was just like, oh, yeah, here's a photo of me with her. I follow them all on Instagram and Twitter and all. It's like, what, you're not... You're supposed to feel bad. <laughs> That's the point of porn yeah. is you feel yeah. bad. You're supposed to remember that last, that like the immediate 10 seconds after you come. Yeah. That feeling is what you're supposed to take into the world. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Feeling good about yourself? <laughs> good Lord. Oh, shit. How do we how do, we do it? You know? I don't know, man. We how just, do we do it? We get through it. Much like Kolchak gets through life. Much like Kolchak. One day through life. I am terrible at segues. <laughs> No connection there whatsoever. <laughs> it's just like we got to stop talking about porn to get just this like fucking... how Kolchak goes to the adult video <laughs> yeah. convention. I feel like Polchak probably has a couple Super Eight loops. Oh in god, his fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, yeah. That, that guy has been to some stag parties. Yeah. Well, at one point in one of these episodes, he's like, "I'll have to go to a gentleman's club," but that doesn't mean what it meant. What it means now? Yeah, it's yeah. literally just like a bar. Yeah, it's just like with just dudes in it. And I was like, all right, I guess that's what gentlemen did back in the day. Just sit around in a bar. Uh, <laughs> that's what gentlemen did. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And they like he like tried to get him to put on the fucking like debate or whatever. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. Episode seven, the Devil's Platform. Yes, uh, I like this episode. I actually like both these episodes very much. Me too. Um, this episode. I really enjoyed because, one, the bad guy, while having su- some supernatural abilities, is kind of just a dude. Yeah. He's just like a scumbag politician. Total shit. Uh, which kind of helps our fucking yeah. <laughs> ties into our life nightmare right it's now. It's a but... very weirdly timed episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's about a, a politician who has sold his soul to the devil yeah. to uh, move up through the ranks of politics or whatever, but... There are some great... So, first off, the politician is played by a young Tom Skerritt. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, also, there's another actor. Like, these two episodes, I saw people that I was like, oh, you are... Yeah, so funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the the black cop in this episode is the sergeant from RoboCop. Uh, oh, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so, and then I Googled it. I, like, IMDb to double check. Oh, and yes, he is. Um, and I, I was like, this guy's going to be somebody because he had lines. He wasn't just like the cop that showed up and sh- like I could have sworn I shot him and then never heard from him again. Like he had a couple scenes. He's the only like helpful cop. Did you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He's the only one who's just like trying to help Kolchak. Giving Kolchak like legit answers to questions. Yeah, it was nice of him. Yeah, that's kind of nice of him. Uh, so, so here's the one weird thing. So he sold his soul to the devil, which in this world means he can turn into an indestructible dog? It is, okay. <laughs> I had to Wikipedia this. I, I The other night, when I, before I watched it, I had to make sure, like, okay, so what episode are we on? Yeah. And I found the synopsis on, on Wikipedia for this episode is so funny. I just started laughing before I even read, uh, before I like, watched it. It just says, a politician on a meteoric rise murders his opposition through a pact with Satan, which gives him the ability to turn into an invulnerable dog. <laughs> and it's such a weird description, it is but it's weird. right. And it's it's a hundred percent accurate. And also the first, I love the reveal of the dog because uh so basically this guy uh comes to Tom Scarrett, he's like worked for his campaign or whatever, and he's like, I'm gonna blow the whistle. Yeah. You know, you robbed, cheat, stealed your way to get to this place, you know, you bought this election, whatever. Um and Tom Scarrett's like, Well, I wouldn't blow the whistle if I were you or whatever. And basically See, here's what's weird. Later on in the episode, the dog just fucking kills people like a dog. Yeah. Right? But in this, 
he somehow he manages to make the so the guy gets it, then gets it on an elevator and they manage to make the elevator plummet and that's how he dies kills yeah. a bunch of people except the invulnerable dog except for the because he's dog. an invulnerable satanic because they dog. open the fucking so the door of the elevator opens there's a bunch of dead bodies and then just a fucking rottweiler <laughs> just staring at Kolchak and Kolchak's like what's happening and the dog runs away <laughs> what's, what's so funny is that like his aide is like I'm gonna blow the whistle on you you're gonna go to jail and then the guy's like well I wouldn't do that if I were you basically kind of like threatens him and yeah. then they get on the elevator together like that's so strange <laughs> and there's a great fucking you were just talking about how like you love like sort of noirish yeah. dialogue or whatever Whatever. There's a line right here. Culture goes. There are two things you can't rush in life: a man that's paid by the hour and an office building elevator. Yeah, so weird. It's so goofy. But that dog is metal as fuck because he's got like a Satan, <laughs> he's got like a pentagram medallion yeah, on and shit. Which uh, Kolchak snags as that dog runs by, which is kind of important. But I laughed so hard. Uh, the ambulance shows up. Uh, and starts pulling people out of the elevator. Now, that guy's dead. We don't know if the other people are dead. We're kind of assuming. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're assuming as well, because they don't bother, like, stretchers and neck braces and nothing. Two fucking EMTs run up and grab this woman by like, her, <laughs> her ankles and her wrists and just start dragging her towards the ambulance. <laughs> Is she dead? Well, now. We'll find Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's not. She's definitely paralyzed. You're not supposed to move a back injury. Yeah, that, that was that was kind of... I didn't even think about that. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, no attention paid to those details. Uh-huh. And also, I love that the dog just starts following Kolchek. Kind of like Kolchek, like not following him like a dog, like right at his heels or whatever, but like trailing him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the dog's like four people behind him and like pausing in the middle of Chicago, in the middle of a city, (laughs) just a dog walking purposefully forward. (laughs) Not even like dogs like looking around. Like this is crazy. He's just like, no, fuck that guy. He's looking at somebody. That dog is on a mission. I'd be so scared if I saw that fucking dog. Absolutely. And that dog eventually tackles Kolchek and gets his fucking. Medallion pack, and what we kind of come to figure out is that, like, so now the the politician's been missing this whole time since the dog, since Kolchak got the medallion. We figure out that he can't really transform back and forth without this medallion, right? Uh, but in a very interesting, and by very I mean not at all interesting, side note to this episode or side storyline, uh, the Riddle Lady is back, yeah, dude. Emily, whatever, who I fucking love, yes, yeah, and she comes up again in the next episode with uh, Updike, and I kind of want them to have their own spinoff where they just. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. Where Updike and Emily Cross so, like solve like high society mysteries or whatever. <laughs> oh, I would love it so much. Updike is the most easily tricked reporter He's there's so ever dumb. been. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so she's come back from a vacation to Italy, and she's there is a I don't want to say racism, but there's a casualness to the way sort of ethnicity and nationality is discussed in the seventies. Where she says to him, she's like, she says to Vincenzo, it's like, you should be so proud to be of those people. Yeah. It sounds, like, nice, but when you hear it, it's like, no, no, it's not nice at all. It's kind of mean. Yeah. And and she's like, I brought you back this artichoke pasta because it's, like, healthier than regular pasta and it's not available in the States or whatever. Uh, And then she bought Colchick a new hat. Which, I uh, love that, yeah. I really enjoyed that hat. I was sad to see it go. And I was kind of sad to see it go with, like, no fanfare or whatever. Like, he kind of takes it and he, like, hides his hat and leaves with it with the new hat on. And then we just, he just kind of doesn't have the hat anymore. It's funny that, like, I guess I didn't... Whenever I watch, like, I guess uh, period pieces, uh, like, this is, this is a very 70s show. And so 
the way people are dressed, I just assume that's just how people dress. Mm. I love that in this episode, people are just ragging on him for how he dresses. Like, A what is bunch. this fucking weird suit you wear and the hat? And I'm like, well, I just thought that's what people wore back then. I wasn't alive. I don't know. I don't know if it's this episode or the next. I think it might be the next episode. But at one point, Kolchak storms off and he says to Vincenzo, like, I'm going to go buy myself some new clothes. Yeah, and you yeah. just hear from off screen, finally, that old woman just <laughs> shitting on him from fucking the background. Why, why would she possibly care? She uh, Exactly. But then you say that, you're like, oh, I just assume that's how people dressed. When you watch, no one else dresses like yeah. Kolchak. There's nobody in, like, a Our Town fucking blue suit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a straw hat. There's no one else walking he, around like that. He really is dressed like that fucking monorail sales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I didn't even think about he that. He's 100% dressed like the monorail salesman from the Simpsons episode. Good lord. Kolchak. Uh, but I will also then... Uh, so the, so the, uh, the dog attacks a woman in the park who we find out is the uh, wife of the guy who died in the elevator... She goes to sets of a meeting with Tom Skerritt, and he's like, she's like, oh, I'm going to turn out the truth or whatever. And he, she turns into a dog and attacks her, or kind of leaves, and it turns, comes back as a dog and attacks her. The cops show up, shoot the dog like six times, and the dog's just kind of, not even a like particularly well-trained dog, to the sense that like it doesn't really, like it stops, but it doesn't like turn and look towards the gunfire <laughs> or anything. It's just sort of standing there panting, and then walks off. God, uh, how, how sick are the, the cops in Chicago? How sick are they of just their bullets having no effect yeah, on yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah. I would just like one of them to just be like, why am I even carrying this thing? Just what? throw it in the lake. <laughs> it's fucking useless. Yeah, really? <laughs> uh, uh, fucking the, uh, the dog comes back and takes the, the medallion or whatever. The cop, so it's the black cop that it says the sergeant from RoboCop. And he's got to give fucking uh, Kolchak like all the details. He's like, yeah, I shot that thing like six times. Point blank range. Fucking... Uh, it's the weirdest thing I ever saw. Uh, fucking, there's a lot of weird, like, I'm getting tired of uh, Vincenzo at this point, because the so Kolchak is coming with a, what would be a very reasonable story, minus the dog. Right. Right? It's a story of a politician who the ca- people in the campaign are dying under suspicious circumstances, right? There is this fucking elevator crash. There was a guy on a boat. Oh, at the beginning of this episode, the, the opening fucking uh, Kolchak sort of voiceover is describing these two mur- like these two deaths. And like, seem unconnected, but we find out there, whatever. Uh, one guy, I don't even know what that, how the first guy died. The second guy dies, his boat explodes. And the explosion of that boat is yeah. so hilariously perfectly bad. Yeah. Because it's literally just like a shot of a boat Shot of a boat, shot of a giant explosion. <laughs> Not like a boat exploding, just a f- ball of flames. <laughs> Not even on the ocean anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just a ball of flames and then like why. an open sea. <laughs> it's just the literally the shittiest effect. Uh, so there's all so so he's coming to Vincenzo with all these like very reasonable things, but then also this fucking dog. Um, and Vincenzo's like kind of like you know I can kind of maybe pitch this. As a, as a political scandal, but what about this fucking dog? And my point is, how much shit do you have to go through with Kolchak to just kind of give him the benefit of the doubt at this point? Right. You know, like, you've literally fought monsters with this man. Yeah, you've been there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You moved across the country with this man. And he's never wrong. No. Not once. Uh, so maybe give him a little bit of... Uh, never once. Nobody gives him shit. At one point... Like, I've stopped kind of looking up, like, the reference. Like, there's clearly, like, pop culture references that I don't get. Uh, at one point, he says something about, like, <laughs> like who are you, Lee Petty? 
Oh, no, no. It's not, only, not even Lee Petty could walk away from that. I have no idea who the fuck Lee Petty is. I don't care. I'm assuming it's some sort of race car driver because it is my favorite scene in this movie. So another person <laughs> in the campaign is killed. He is killed in a car accident. We see him driving, 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 and all of a sudden this car just coming head on, head on, head on. Boom, smashes into him. He dies in this car accident. Then the door opens up, and the dog gets out just and runs away. And I love the idea that that dog was just driving the car at him, <laughs> like Tunes from Saturday Night Live. There's two fake, <laughs> fake shitty paws on that steering wheel. Oh, it's my favorite scene in this whole episode. And then right before the guy dies, he like yells at the driver. He's like, what is this idiot doing? Like, well, dude, how would you get out of the way? He's trying yeah. to kill you. <laughs> I love, it's, it's funny to think about that the last image that guy sees before he dies is a dog driving a car. Yeah. So at least he dies, but for the, the, the last moment of consciousness, he's like, oh, that's fucking weird. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. At least like he saw you know, that every day. a goofy thing. Uh. Fucking uh, Tom Skerritt's very good in this episode, mm-hmm. as we would imagine he to be. You know, he went on to have a very good fucking career, so that's fine. Yeah. Vincenzo is getting so cartoonish. He's like just a cartoony evil boss at this point. Yeah. I think I think it may be the next episode, but he's like just sleeping in the office to catch Kolchak. That made me laugh so hard. It's like, there's just such weird, like, he's becoming such a stereotype of... He's kind of like the fucking lieutenant who's had it up to here with your antics or whatever. Right, yeah. And uh, he's just like, every episode, he's just like making it hammier and hammier, which kind of works. It's adding, it, you know, it works with the camp element and it's adding a little bit of humor or whatever, but just like, I'm losing that connection with him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, these episodes, I feel like, and I think we kind of started to notice it a couple episodes in, they're definitely getting a little, like, there's a lot more humor in them. Sure. Especially in the, in the second episode uh, that we're going to review. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, uh, yeah, it, it is one of those things where it's like, also, we're kind of binge watching it all at once. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering yeah, yeah. If, if we saw this on a weekly basis, if we, if we. Would it be more subtle? Would it be, yeah. yeah. When you're like, okay, but like, I feel like if we watch two in a row, you're kind of like, well, this fucking guy just never learns ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? You're. You probably used to be a reporter. You're an editor. Yeah, yeah, of a yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to work his way up to that. He should have some instincts, right? Some sort of thing where you 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 have some sort of yeah, some instincts where you're like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, here's some things that don't add up. I wonder why. He just always goes, ah, it's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Vincenzo, come on. Well, I feel like he's just sort of a corporate guy at this point, right? Yeah, he's always bitching about like. They're never going to buy this in fucking Albuquerque or whatever, or wherever their fucking head office is. I don't even remember yeah. anymore. Um, this a, there's also a line where Kolchak says, like, this campaign's had more fatalities than a Labor Day weekend. Yeah, what did that mean? I don't know if that Labor Day is that deadly. Maybe in the 70s it was like a really violent weekend or Maybe something? Maybe it was just a thing in yeah, Chicago yeah, yeah. every Labor Day. Well, I mean, it probably hasn't changed much. Chicago well, ain't doing great. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, I don't want to get all Trumpy on yeah, you. Yeah, luckily Trump is going to go yeah, and gonna... save everything. You know what? <laughs> that guy at the bar was right. I yeah, fucking yeah, love yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Big Trump guy now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's so funny when that happens when like... There'll be a pop culture reference, and you just go like, uh, I, don't, "I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah." I wonder what, times have fucking changed. Like, maybe if, if he'd even said like Fourth of July, like, oh, people blow up on fireworks or something, I could have made some connection. But Labor Day, like, I don't. I guess back then people had the day a, off; they just, just kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just a the purge. Three, it's just a three day weekend. Why is it so fucking violent? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like Columbus Day if you catch my drift. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I have, I have no idea. You know, when you go kill minorities, I don't what? I didn't know that was a thing we did. 
Uh-huh. You didn't know that was a thing we did in America? <laughs> well, no, it's not true. So, uh, so Kolchek eventually figures out that, like, oh, this dog is tied to... He, like, gets a bunch of books on Satanism... That was research so place. funny <laughs> to see him with those Satan books, just Kolchak with his dumb hat yeah. and his books about <laughs> Satan, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dark Lord, Belzebub. Good Lord, what are you doing? Uh, what I really enjoy, I watch a lot of like horror movies, uh, particularly a lot of stuff from like the seventies and like or even earlier like Hammer films and whatnot. <laughs> Satanism in the sixties and seventies is the goofiest shit on the planet. <laughs> We go to, uh, so eventually he figures out, oh, this guy's made this deal with the devil, there's this pendant, uh, blah, 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 so he goes to fucking find him at this thing. I don't know what he thinks he's gonna do, I guess. Oh, we should also mention that in the beginning of this episode, when she's come back, uh, when Emily Cross has come back from vacation, the old lady, she's brought artichoke pasta for Vincenzo, a new hat for uh, Kolchak, and a bottle of holy water blessed by the Pope himself. For that, her, for herself. And the second she said that, I was like, wonder if that's going to come in handy in this episode. Well, what's so funny? But yeah, so she has the holy water that she just keeps at her desk. What possible use could you have for it to work? Holy water is so... Like, now, are you... What are you? I'm Catholic. You're Catholic. Yeah. Uh, raised Catholic. Would you consider you're like, still like practicing Catholic? No. Or are you just raised Catholic? No, no, no. Sure. So, like, I... I, but you like grew up in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know something about it. Like, I, I'm not an expert, but I know a little bit. And like, I, it's just so interesting. Like... I'll go to church on Christmas Eve when I when I go home uh, for Christmas. We'll, we'll, we'll all go to church, whatever. And um, holy water is Catholicism is such a weird religion. It's, I, I I don't like as an atheist. I feel weird commenting on people's religions. I don't. Uh, but having said, Catholicism really feels like run of the mill Christianity. Mixed with like voodoo. Well, yeah, it's old, dude. It's it's the oldest. I think it's. I assume it's the oldest and the only true Christian religion. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Protestants. Oh, you're born again. You'll be born again in hell where you belong. No, uh, but it's it's weird because like it's such an old religion that like like the reason they have saints is like that's like a pagan thing. Right, right, right. That's how they it's convince like extra, people. Yeah, they let them have multiple gods mm-hmm. so they hid them as, as It's a weird over, thing. Right? Like the, the so it's just old. It's all in Latin. Like it's, it's creepy. It's a creepy yeah, yeah, yeah. scary religion. And so And like they practiced exorcisms up until like fairly recently. Yeah, man. Like they yeah, 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 they yeah. do a bunch of weird shit and it's like I just forget holy water is a thing. I don't sometimes I, I don't even really know why it exists. I don't know why we have it, but we have it. They have it at church still. Like you go yeah, there, yeah, and there's like a like a thing of it, right? There's like a you, dude, like, bird bath full of holy water. Or every whatever. Christmas Eve, I walk into St. Luke's Catholic Church in beautiful McLean, Virginia, and I <laughs> see this holy water, and I'm like, oh right, that's a thing. And do you are you supposed to do something with it? Do you like dab you, it on your? You dab it. Act like a perfume. You, <laughs> on the pressure points. <laughs> Just the wrists and behind the ears. <laughs> no, you 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 make the sign of the cross with it. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I don't. I don't. Man, I feel like maybe I don't know anything about this. <laughs> Before I was like, yeah, I'm like an expert, and I'm like, wait, no, I, I don't. Yeah, so it's weird. So I love the the holy water. Anything involving holy water in a movie, I'm always like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm into yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's interesting that like you hear all this stuff about like Hollywood. You know, these atheist. Blah 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 blah. But they always use holy water. Sure, and it always works. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, like in these horror movies, you know, vampires or whatever, it's always just Christian iconography that fucking saves the day, right? Uh, Crosses or fucking holy water. I wonder or whatever. why that is. 
because who knows? Because it's an. E- I think it's mostly because it's like a cheap writing. Gimmick. Oh, okay. Like it's just an easy thing to. We don't have to come up with a new thing. We can just go. Oh, holy yeah, water, yeah, done yeah. and done. Well, uh, so, so he takes the holy water and he goes to fucking Tom Scarrett. He's going to confront Tom Scarrett. What I was saying about how goofy Satanism is in the sixties and seventies. Oh, yeah. Did he like? So first off, Tom Scarrett's talking to some woman there. I don't know if it's his wife or somebody. Yeah, his wife, who is like they're at home in a nice house, like a kind of a mansiony house. She's wearing like a half shirt. Yeah, it was weird. She's like a forty-year-old senator's <laughs> wife. She's not like she's not at the beach. She's a senator's wife at home, and yeah. she's wearing like a tied in the middle, like Daisy Duke fucking shirt. Yeah. It just made no sense to me. Maybe that was part of the pact with Satan. Yeah, yeah. and you, I guess it's, you get a like, wife who like kind of dresses sexy. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and he does like he. I, I don't remember if he actually like slides a bookcase inside, but he, he goes down into like a secret Satan lair, and it's like suddenly now just like. A, like an old castle. Like everything's made of stone. Very weird. He's got a cape. Like Satanism back in the day, like Satanism now is really just fucking dumb goth kids, yeah. whatever. But like in the day, it was like, I could see, like you, when you read about it, like, you know, like Sammy Davis Jr. was like in yeah. the Church of Satan, like shit like that. Because it was kind of glamorous. You got to wear a cape. You had like gold chalices <laughs> and shit. Yeah. It seems cool. Yeah. Those Baphomet statues or whatever. That, yeah. Not now, it's just like fucking hot topic. It's not nearly as cool. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like there were there was there was almost like a revival of Satanism. Yeah. And like and, and, and then it was it was supposed to be like Oh, this is like our spiritual thing. And yeah, then it eventually yeah, yeah. just turned into like, Hey, can you not get laid? Yeah. <laughs> These we have witches that'll fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, get, yeah, I get yeah, the yeah. appeal. Who doesn't want to have sex with a fucking magic woman? That'd be sure. Tight. Yeah, yeah, That'd be yeah. Great. And also, even if you don't even like make ma- witches magical, when you think about what wi- like witches were probably pretty cool. They're all dancing naked and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, like just like Coveny Wicca witches. It's just this, like uninhibited. You know what yeah, I mean? It's this thing where it's like, hey, you know, we got. Some cool ladies that are hanging out, and like, yeah, we got to do like some you know weird shit where you, you, you mumble in Latin or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah, whatever, it was fine. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Just do that shit in a circle, all holding hands for some reason. Yeah. Like just some weird, you know, Canterbury's Tales or whatever bullshit. Like it just, just all this. It's odd. And then like I remember in the eighties, like it, it, it became scary again. Well, there was a whole satanic panic. Yeah, of like, oh, they're all fucking your the satanists are fucking your kids, and there's satanic cults. All through the government in every city or whatever. I remember when uh, when I was probably like I don't know fourteen or fifteen. We went out. We were like just in the woods as you were. Yeah, of uh, I lived upstate New York. It's very rural. So you and your friends are in the woods, and like we found like just like a pile of rocks, like flat rocks that had been stacked up high, and there was like a bunch of fucking you know beer bottles or whatever and stuff around, and immediately we were like. Oh, Satanic altar. Satanic stuff. Definitely a satanic altar. Or it was just like a campsite. Like, there's any number of things it could have been. Or there was no pi- blood or anything. It's just a pile of rocks. There's also that. What does well, that I mean, have it was, to it was, I will say it was a, a, like, someone piled the rocks. Oh, they okay. were like big, flat slabs of rock. But maybe someone just did that to rest beers on. There's a lot of beer cans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, what does beer ever do with Beer everywhere. I, I, yeah, exactly. I feel like you drink wine, right? You drink goblin beverages if you're That's a, Okay. Here's the thing that I was thinking about when I was watching this fucking show is he 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 creepily gets the wine and like smells the wine he's drinking the wine and it's like fucking <laughs> it's it's odd when like Satan when devils and like 
vampires or drinking wine? Yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a magic being. Like, right, yeah, that's a, that you still need to get drunk. What's yeah. wrong with you? How yeah, yeah, sad yeah, yeah. are you? It seems weird that you're yeah you're a magic creature, but you still have to live your life like I do to forget my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I do have work in the morning. Time to drink this jug of wine. You know, it's like <laughs> fucking. Come on, I think you are. That's my bit. You're still uh, my bit. Yeah. So he goes to confront him, and there's a pretty great conversation where he's like offering him the weirdest things. Yeah. So, so basically, what happens is Tom Scarrett's like, you know, I made this deal with the devil. You figured it out as well. Well, you can make one too. You can be the most successful writer in the world. You can have a corner office. And a, and a suede chair. Not leather. Suede. That's what's going to get me to sell my soul to the devil. That was weird. Do you know they make very comfortable, fake leather office chairs? <laughs> Some of the nicest chairs I've ever sat in are fake leather. I, like- I am not selling my soul to, to the devil. One, I don't believe in the devil. But if I'm in a world where clearly the devil exists, you gotta fucking offer me something better than a suede chair. I, l- I spill a lot. Right. I, will, <laughs> I will ruin a suede chair very quickly. I love the idea of, like, so you, you, you join the church of Satan, you're like, tight, this is great. Then you sit down in the chair and you'll be like, this is a pretty nice chair. Like, is, is this suede? You're like, oh, actually, it's just fake leather. You'll be like, what the fuck is this <laughs> shit? <laughs> this is bullshit. You know how much wine we drink in these fucking chairs? <laughs> Ruin the chair. Bunch of creeps. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of just perverts. Just, maybe the people in Sideways were all Satanists. Maybe that's... <laughs> I never saw that movie. Is that what, was that what it was about? <laughs> and it was about wine. Uh-huh. I also, Sideways? It's just Paul Giamatti <laughs> worshipping <laughs> Satan? I, I may, if it was, I would watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, um, I say yet, like I'm going to. It's been out for 15 years. It's been out for so long. Probably would have seen it by now. It's, it's okay. It's pretty um, so he's offering his stuff, and I kind of really enjoy Kolchak's like, uh, well, uh, can I talk to my lawyer? Maybe have him look at his contracts? Like, yeah. he's just really hamming up this, like, goofy, like, they're, like, kind of walking around either side of a table, like, avoiding each other, and he's just going, like, oh, can I get back to you tomorrow? Like, he's, like, pulling on his shirt yeah. collar. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, because that follows, that, that hamming it up follows that scene where he's like, look, I know all about you. yeah. You scoff for the palter, but you really want it. You want these nice chairs. So he's actually like, we're actually, because I think we talked about this last episode, we don't know that much about Kolchak. Sure. So now we're actually learning a little bit about him. We're like, oh, he actually does want respect. He He actually has has actual new content. So it's interesting that you're like, you actually learn something about him and you're like, Oh wow! I wonder if this is going to be and then just him just doing bits afterwards. Yeah. Like, well, right, <laughs> yeah, never mind. I guess I'm still not convinced he doesn't live in his car. We have not. He hasn't gone home Ever. in the entire run of this series. Yeah. Uh, he he went to his hotel in Vegas. I assume it was a hotel. Maybe it was an apartment. I guess he lived there. It might have been his apartment. But yeah, since the like show proper past the movies, he has not been home. He only owns one suit. He has never worn anything other than that one outfit. I think he's homeless. Well, it's like when you watch like The Simpsons or like Family Guy. They're cartoons. I know what I'm saying. You watch these things where like they're all wearing the same outfit. You don't really think about it. When you see it in real life, you do start thinking, shit, this is actually a deeply unhappy human being. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, if not, he should be because there's a moment in the, well, we'll get to it in the next episode. Uh, So he, they have this moment and then uh, Kolchak takes the uh, bottle of holy water and he throws it he smashes it against the wall and I was like what the f- why would he do that it seemed like a weird move I thought mm-hmm. he was going to like sprinkle it at him or whatever uh, then the guy turns into the dog he gets the medallion throws it over to the where the holy water is the dog goes to get the medallion and 
burns up or whatever, melts. Uh, what I find weird is that, like, so he's gone. No, no, the dog doesn't burn up. I'm sorry. The dog is just now a dog. The medallion melts. Medallion the medallion melts in the, in the holy water. I'm mixing up these two episodes. The medallion melts in the holy water. Now the dog is just a dog. And he's like, oh, hey, nice dog. And the dog's, like, friendly. It's so funny. He's just like a, he just becomes a good dog. He becomes a friendly dog. A senator has disappeared. There's no more investigation. Like, at this point, a man who, okay, to be fair, he hasn't actually won the senatorship yet, but, but guy, he's the front runner for it. The other guy died, yeah. So the other guy died. They were, they, he even, like, Kolchak says, like, they'll replace him with some guy temporarily to fill out the rest of the campaign, and then he'll fucking run over him in the election or whatever. So, like, how is that the end of this story? It's very strange. And other times, all the people, like, all the monsters are just, like, some mob guy or a fucking some nobody that if they disappear who cares this is a very prominent citizen yeah that they're just like eh whatever it's fine what can you do yeah hey hey hey, people coming hey Chicago babe hey 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 it's it's, Chicago it's interesting because like there's a couple not necessarily plot holes just odd leaps of logic in this episode yeah where when he's at the beginning when Kolchak steals the necklace from, from the dog, he just stays as a dog for like a week. Yeah, it's, a, then, it's, a, it's a few days. But he misses the debate. He misses the televised like, yeah, yeah, yeah. debate. Yeah. And so people are just like, well, the senator's just literally gone missing. Right. That's fucking weird. And then when he comes back, he explains it away by being like, well, my friend died. I was very depressed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wait, so you just... At the first sign of anything bad in your life, right. you just leave. Disappear? Why? Not a great sign of a no. fucking politician, right? And especially, like, this is the 70s. This isn't, like, a thing nowadays where you can just be like, I'm oh, a man. Yeah. I'm sad. And people are like, well, uh, as yeah. they should. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Well, okay, let's treat you with understanding mm-hmm. and empathy. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. 70s. They probably would have called you a slur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. They would have called you. you a slur for homosexual, yeah. <laughs> and you would have never gotten hired again. That's exactly what would have happened. Did that happen to goddamn... And it wouldn't even be the slur for homosexuals were thinking. It would be some weird 70s version like, <laughs> yeah, really. like Mary or something, <laughs> and that would be the end of it. That would be the end of your career. <laughs> Yeah, what did that happen? There was there was some, or they would say like this guy's a little sensitive, and they'd make like a hand gesture yeah. that also means homosexual. Well, yeah, this guy's got some sugar in his gas tank. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, oh, I remember when it used to be light in the loafers. Light in the loafers. The fuck does that even mean? No idea. To this day, like I know it means like it was a thing that people said about homosexuals, or to say that someone was gay. Yeah, but in what kind? Like. How does that describe a gay person? Did it be like no light sense. on their feet? Makes I don't know what it means. No sense. My favorite old timey thing for that was, uh, oh, he's a confirmed bachelor. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, means, yeah, yeah. Well, that was classy. That was one of those things where, like, it was yeah, not they were a, being mean about it. They were just like, yeah. Well, it was a thing where it's like we all know he's gay. People in like it, it was all, it was very often said about like people in Hollywood or whatever. It's like, oh, he can't come out, but people know. And he's like, okay, he's a confirmed, confirmed bachelor. 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 That's that's like. Like, kind of gentlemanly, considering the climate yeah. of the day, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it is It is kind of interesting that, like, so he destroys the pendant, yeah. and now he's just stuck as a dog. Yeah. Where, where does a dog go? That uh, Maybe with that half-shirt wife? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, because she kind of disappears, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. Yeah, who knows? And what, what I thought was interesting, was this actually, actually, I really enjoyed the scene where, right before Kolchak, um kind of discovers his weird lair, he's talking to his wife, and his wife is, like, not into this. She's like, hey, yeah, man, yeah, like, yeah, hey, we can could... we just stop? Like, we've got a lot of money. We can just sort of go live our life. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, he, yeah and he's like, 
But he's basically like, bro, I made a deal with the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, what don't you no, get about There's this? no takesies, backsies right now. We're what just fucking don't all in. Don't you understand? Yeah, yeah. It's just funny that like they kind of had that weird strife between them. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, I, for I, sure. I, like I, marital strife. It was so odd. And it's like, it kind of makes you wonder how involved with it she is. I probably not as involved as he obviously but like it's, it's it's interesting to think about what her connection is with it absolutely yeah. uh episode eight yes your love is like bad medicine bad medicine is the name of the episode i added the first part uh, um <laughs> i fucking love this episode it so weird it's so weird <laughs> what i enjoy is again i like these episodes where they have new monsters yeah. where it's not a mummy a vampire a fucking uh werewolf or whatever yeah so it's like a new monster and also i googled it it is actual native american lore like it okay is a thing. so basically this. uh this is an episode about a, a supernatural uh indian sorcerer being thing so weird uh-huh but there is but like it, it like the uh it's called the diabolero and that is a like an ancient Indian, they say Indian experts with Native American. I, it's weird because like I, the whole time I was like, oh, stop saying Indian. That's not what we're supposed to say anymore. No, they call themselves Indians. Yeah, they did. Okay, that sounds. Hey, those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounded I feel like that's something people say do. about rappers, and I don't. I'm not into it. <laughs> no, they do. A, a, a uh, lot of them call themselves enough. Indians. I, that's not in Canada, uh, they very often refer to themselves as First Nations. I've yeah, learned that in a couple trips to Canada. Interesting. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Fucking the Great White North, yeah, Winnipeg and Montreal, two places I've been. Hell yeah. Anyway, no, they they a lot a lot of a lot of Native Americans call those Indians. It's not that's not a weird thing. Um, I feel like it was weird then. I feel like oh, white people weren't doing it because they were like, oh, they like it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, they like it. No, they love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Please, after you you pitch a cocktail, waiters. Yeah, 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 goes, yeah, yeah. She loves it. Hey, yeah. what are you doing? Ash, they love it. <laughs> Also, uh, no one here could see, but Pat Dean made a pinching a <laughs> cocktail waitress ass hand motion that I really enjoyed. A little crab, <laughs> a little, a little crab, crab hand. Um, so this episode opens with the murder of two old women uh, by. Uh, uh, well, okay. Here's why I say that it's very racist that I keep saying Indian. So, so the first woman, uh, she's in her apartment. There's like high society people. They have giant jewels. And a, a crow flies up to the outside window, pecks through the glass, flies into the apartment, uh, turns into, I want to say, giant Indian man. Yeah. However, that is not accurate. What he turns into is Richard Keel, who is, <laughs> uh, you may know as Jaws from a bunch of the Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you're younger, he's like the big scary guy on the golf course in Happy Gilmore. Uh, who is a very white man. Right. He is not an anyway Native American at all, but they have slathered him in brown paint, and he is now an eight-foot-tall fucking Native American uh, sorcerer god. It's so funny that, like, it, back in the in the 70s and probably even the 80s and stuff, they, for some reason, never made the slightest effort to find an actual Native yeah, American. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, like, Asian people. You ever see Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins? One of my favorite no. movies from the 80s. It's uh, Fred Ward. Um, you seen Tremors? No. Okay, whatever. It's Fred Ward. Uh, it's, I guess it's based on a book. He, like, is a he, kind of a super spy guy. He learns martial arts from this character named Chun, who is a Korean guy. Uh-oh. He learns, like, special super magic martial arts uh, that he can, like, kind of walk on water or whatever, and he fights fucking... 
the government or whatever. Okay. It's awesome. It's like cheesy 80s action movie awesome. However, Chun, the a Korean martial arts master, is played by Joel Gray in like prosthetic makeup <laughs> oh, and God. pancake face. Uh, and that's like <laughs> that's like 1985. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this fucking poor son of a bitch is just browned up as fuck. Yeah. And they put, like, a snakeskin headband on him and some, like, fringy shit, and now he's a fucking Diabolero. Uh, he turns into a crow. He can turn into a coyote, which he does a couple times. And he's stealing jewelry. He's, like, killing these women for their jewelry. What I assumed was going to happen, which is kind of what happens in a lot of these tales, is this creature is sort of back for revenge, right? He's coming back to take... Uh, artifacts or whatever that have been stolen from his people. Yeah. That's what I assumed was going to happen. Nope. Nigga just likes jewelry. There is no... <laughs> Literally the story of this episode is when he was a man, he used he stole a bunch of jewelry and he got cursed to always want to steal jewelry. Just loves it. So now he just loves fucking jewelry. Um, <laughs> murders these women. It's And like... And a dog. There's a lot of dead dogs in this episode. There's, there's like two yeah. or three dogs that get killed, which bum me out way there's more. There's a lot of murder in this episode. Uh, ten. There's so he much. He killed carnage. ten people in Chicago, and they're like, and who knows how more elsewhere. Yeah. But he kills ten people in the course of this episode, which is a pretty high body count for this show. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, he's not just so he kills like this old, like the old woman. What I love when the second old woman he he breaks in and there's like he's like a coyote. Uh, like she comes home and she sees her dog is dead, and she looks up and there's this coyote there, and she reaches into her hair and pulls out like a long hairpin, that and is just immediately ready to fucking go to war with this dog. That She's like, "Bring it, dog! Let's do this! I'm gonna stab you to death!" Die laughing. It was happened. so good. I was like, "Fucking Jesus, lady! Like that's I gotta give you respect. Like you're down the fucking scrap." Oh yeah, that lady walks around looking <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah, an excuse yeah. to take her fucking hairpin yeah. thing out, and murder a dog. Or coyote or whatever. Uh, uh, so what, what keeps happening is, like, when he turns into an Indian, like, he takes that pit, like, he takes that pin and makes her stab herself. The first woman, he grabs a knife and, like, cuts her wrist. Yeah. But the cops think it's, like, a suicide or whatever. They do a, a really good job in this episode of whenever he's the Indian of making him, like, I mean, that, that guy is a big fucking dude. Yeah, like, he's, like, a seven-footer. He's, like, an honorary giant. But because of, like, the camera angles they use, they make him seem... Like he's, they keep saying he's eight feet tall. Yeah, they make him seem like he's ten it's feet tall. It's believable. Yeah, 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 it really yeah, is the way they, uh, they, they frame him. They make him just a fucking huge man. Yeah, they had that. It's like that seventies thing of like they don't have a ton of effects, so they have to like use the environment and yeah, shoot yeah. things in a way to like get that effect across. And it's very effective in this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love so. So he kills those two women, and the next thing he does is, like, rob some sort of jewelry exchange. It's not a jewelry store, but it's, like, a, a place where, where, like, jewels are kept. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like It's, like, kind of a bank for diamonds or whatever, like a yeah. diamond exchange. And uh, the cops show up, and, like, the bars are just ripped in place or whatever. Uh, there's a couple dead guards. They hear this. They send in a dog. They hear the dog barking. The dog's been killed, so they assume another dog has killed it. They see him at the top of the stairs. And it's another one of the classic Kolchak moments. The cops fire 15 bullets into him. Nothing happens. Kolchak, 
Kolchak takes a picture, and the guy's like, my eyes, and fucking runs away. Which, that camera has saved Kolchak's life <laughs> so many times. I had no idea how many supernatural creatures were, uh, like, just so susceptible <laughs> to the flash of a camera. Flash. But that's been three or four episodes of the show that he's been saved by the flash. This, this episode, I think, features the most egregious uh, police interference on Kolchak's part, where they're running up. The yeah. stairs. And like and like they'll run up a flight of stairs and yeah, the yeah. chief will be like, Kolchak, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, and they'll just keep we're, running with them. We're in pursuit. At one point, when they first come to the stairs, and he's like, so they come to the bottom of the stairs, Kolchak's at the or, or the, the Diabolero, the Indian guys at the top of the stairs. Uh two cops come in and start shooting. Kolchak forces his way in front of two other cops who then try to shoot over Kolchak. They start like reaching around <laughs> his head and shit. I'm like, you asshole. Like I don't like the cops, but maybe fucking let them yeah. fight this supernatural Indian monster. What's so funny is that like for a group of people who are always like we don't trust Kolchak. We're not. Oh, we're not going to listen to you. We're not going to give you any information. They seem pretty cool about him being around. Always, like, they'll He's yell at, at him. every crap. But they never even yell. They're just like, "Hey, get out of yeah, here!" Like hey. they give him a, a very easy, like, "Yeah, move it along." Being it's a nuisance until like he starts to figure shit out, and then they're like, "Take him to jail." It's so like the funny. weirdest fucking. So here's my favorite. We haven't had a good. We haven't had a pre- uh, police like press conference in a while, yeah. And we haven't had a good Kolchak rubs the cop's face in the fact that he knows what's going on scene in a while. We get both in this episode. Uh, so first, they chase the they chase the guy to the roof of this building. We see him at the corner. He jumps off, jumps off the roof. They run to the side. He has disappeared. He is not there. There is no fire escape. There's no fucking power lines. There's no telephone poles. There's nothing. There's people down there who are just milling about, and there's nobody. He's yeah. disappeared. They go to the press conference, and Kolchak's like, so what about that eight-foot-tall Indian that jumped off the side of the building and disappeared? And their argument is, well, he must be some sort of aerialist or a trapeze artist. In Okay, let's say he's a trapeze artist. There is not a trapeze. Nowhere. There's a building and open space, and I and the, and like what I really enjoy in this episode particularly is that other reporters are kind of having Kolchak's back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. At one point, he's like, uh, "So what about the dog? Like that killed that dog? How? Where did that dog go?" Uh, and the guy's like, "Ah, if you keep interrupting, we're gonna send you to jail." And this other cop's like, "Hey, you didn't ask us. You didn't answer his question. Yeah, I didn't like, answer anything. What's about the what about the dog?" Uh, and to be fair, his, his answer for the dog is very valid. Yeah. He's like. Well, maybe we are chasing the Indian. The dog ran away. It's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, that makes perfect sense. I love the idea of like, so this eight foot tall Indian j- jumps off the roof. No one sees him escape. Keep in mind, if you haven't seen this episode, it's not like he's a Native American dude who's in jeans and a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in like moccasins and like tan leather, not leather, but like yeah, cow skin pants or whatever. He's dressed like a, a Halloween. Yeah, yeah, he's just like a cigar store Indian statue. <laughs> Come to life. And uh, and yeah, nobody, whatever. He's gone. Uh, by the way, the cop in that press conference has like the most ridiculous haircut. It's kind of just a haircut, but it looks like somebody took like like a handful of, of like gel and just slapped it on the top of his head. <laughs> Didn't move it at all, just like smacked it on the top of his head. So he's like... Got a haircut, but then it's very flat and sticking out the sides. Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, <laughs> but then also a cop, at one point in the meeting, somebody walks in and hands him a paper, and he just goes, 
Me's over and runs out and of the room. Leaves, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not suspicious. In front of a group of reporters. Reporters and other police officers. People who are trained to look for like weird things, you know what I mean? Yeah, and report yeah, yeah, on yeah. facts. You just look at a piece of paper and just go, This is over and leave. They're gonna be like, What the fuck was on that piece of paper? You can't trick us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh the other thing he says in that meeting is that the two guards that were dead, uh accidentally shot each other in all the chaos of, yeah. the, of the guy robbing his door. We find out a little later that, I mean, we knew that wasn't true, but this guy, they were both shot with bullets from their own gun, adding to the MO of him making people look like they killed themselves. Uh, there's a great, there's a couple great, like, uh, like we were saying, noir lines. At one point, the next woman, the next old woman to die is coming from like the tennis court or whatever, and Kolchak's like, she had two grand slams. Good for her. It's the last game she'd ever play. Yeah. Kolchak, <laughs> a woman just died. Like, you have some respect for, like, someone who recently was murdered, you asshole. Yeah, and also, like, there's no way that 90-year-old woman came from playing tennis, and I'm pretty sure the Grand Slam is, like, playing Wimbledon. Yeah, right? Isn't a Grand deal. Slam, like, you play Wimbledon and the other one, like, the big opens? Yeah. So, whoever wrote this just doesn't know. Well, this woman recently won the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. <laughs> yeah. That'd be the last thing she ever wins. Like, wait, uh-huh. wait, did you say you won the dunk contest? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, Kolchak goes to meet with a barber who's also, like, a, a fence because he's trying to see if the, all these jewels that are missing have shown up on the black market. This guy rules. That guy is awesome yeah he says uh he's like he takes him in the back and goes let me show you what i do these days and you see a bunch of diamonds on the table and he smashes one he's like it's glass i just make replicas for women because nobody wears their real jewelry anymore and the exact line is it takes a real dicey dame to wear real ice these days (laughs) i love it i fucking love it so much well, I mean, in his defense, you know, this is a world where there's, you know, eight-foot-tall Indian murderers running around and <laughs> Jack the Ripper's there for some reason. It's kind of a dangerous world they live in. For sure. Yeah, I love that that character, the guy who used to uh, cut diamonds or, or do all this, this this bad stuff, but now he's just a barber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's still tied into the – he's like, I still got my ear to the the, 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 the ground to hear about fucking stolen jewelry Yeah, and his, and his weird fake diamond-cutting business – is in the barber shop, and also there's nothing illegal about making people costume jewelry. Yeah, like was... that's a that's all of Etsy. That's literally all it is. <laughs> it's a perfectly legal business. Uh, so the next murder, the tennis pro lady, uh, I love so much because so her chauffeur gets out of the car to let her out, and then he gets attacked by the crow version of the Indian. And for real, a live crow just lands on that man's head and starts saying he's like fighting it, but it's literally a real bird. Yeah. You can see it flapping. It is just a bird that he is holding to the top of his head and waving around. Well, I crow- really enjoyed it. Crows are smart as fuck, apparently. Yeah. From what, I don't know that much about them, but it seems like they seem very smart from what I've been uh, I've, Yeah, I've heard that. Reading well. It actually kind of uh, bothers me a little. Birds are fucking... Birds are weird. Birds are uh, also, as you, like, I'm sure you know, a group of crows is called a murder. Yeah. I was on a road in... It's like, DIY tour. It was like the JT thing. And we were in, I don't know, fucking Oklahoma, maybe. It doesn't matter where we were. But we did some fucking like, show with this guy who was like a comic slash uh, poet. Who's... <laughs> Whose name... Oh, what the fuck was his name? It wasn't a name. His name was like Starfire or some bullshit. Yeah, I don't okay. remember his name at all. Uh-huh. He does some poem about like... 
Every morning I load a one bullet in the gun and play Russian roulette. It's fucking horseshit, right? Uh, and he comes out. He's like, th- he comes out afterwards and he's like, "Thanks for joining our show, our circle, our murder." And I was like, "I'm leaving." Oh. I'm just immediately leaving. And the second I heard, and he's like, "Our murder." And he looked around like somebody's pussy got wet. And I was like, "I'm leaving right now." <laughs> I this don't like a, you, and I don't like anything you stand for. This isn't a murder of anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Except also, you. no one here murdered. I yeah. promise you, myself included. <laughs> no one murdered. <laughs> Call our our bomb shelter if you want. <laughs> the only thing murdered was these people's spare time. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. This sucks. What is this? Fucking terrible. What a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminded me of those people that will like point out that you know the French call an orgasm the little death. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah, come on. Just you can't. You you gotta ruin orgasms. Now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come yeah, on. Yeah, you can't yeah, just enjoy yeah. yourself. <laughs> uh, so Kolchak uh, decides to get proactive, and he's gonna. Uh, he finds out that there's this big uh, like jewelry auction. He's got to sneak into. There's a great scene on the phone with Updike and. Uh, Emily the Riddle, this was riddle so Lady. so funny, man. Where he, like, he calls the Riddle Lady to get her to get the address of where this auction is going to happen from Updike because he, because Updike won't tell him. And there's this, like, game of telephone where she's, like, lying to him to get the address to her. It's, it's, it's farcical in that, like, classic use of the word yeah, farce yeah. way. Where it's like, oh, once is the other, and he has to call Updike on another phone to get her to leave the desk so that she can then do another thing. It's hard to explain, but it's very funny. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a very intricate comedy bit that pays off very well. Yeah. It just works. And it works. It works and advances the story. Like, he gets information out of it. It's not just, like, comedy for comedy's sake. Yeah. There's, like, information that comes from it. I, I really enjoyed it. And the thing I enjoyed also very much is that when he gets there, he, like, so everybody's, like, high society. It's, like, super expensive jewelry auction so he's like uh the name is colesworth that was so funny he started to give his real name yeah yeah, yeah. And he, yeah my name is carl colesworth Worth. Yeah. are you related to the the other people well yeah we uh we mostly worked in coal yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. doing <laughs> he tricks a lot of people in these two episodes yeah, he yeah, tricks yeah. the cops he's able to call somebody and give a fake name and the cop just thinks that's who he is. Oh yeah, he calls the impersonates a police officer. He calls. Yeah, you can't he, do that. He calls the like the ballistic. He calls to get the ballistics report from like the coroner or whatever or whoever does ballistics reports, and he says he's like detective so and so. But then we're led. To, like, what we assume is that that guy who walks in eventually is detective so and so because the coroner's like, hey, hey, who is this? And, he's like, and he just so-and-so. hangs up. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that part because he hangs up and he's like, gotta go, and he's supposed yeah. to walk away. And then this like cop is like. What are you doing back here? Cold check? You gotta get out of here. And he's like, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And leaves. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Wait, whoa, that was So weird. good. There's also a great line that we've entirely skipped over and has nothing to do with anything, but I really enjoy it. Kolchak uh, is back at the office, and he's trying to find... So earlier in the episode, Updike has mentioned this high-rise building he's doing a story on that's almost completely empty. Uh, they've only been able to lease the first floor, and they're losing their shirts, and he's going to run a story on it. Kolchak has figured out... That this Indian, this Diabolero, who was uh, it's from a Pueblo uh, myth, uh, there were cave dwellers. They lived in the side of cliffs. Uh, so he's like, oh, well, where would a cliff dweller live in Chicago? Oh, a high rise. You know, they live in these hundred high cliffs. High rise little thing. Here's an empty high rise. It's probably where he's living. So he comes back to the office to try to find the address of this high rise from this desk, and. Uh, he says to Vincenzo, who, by the way, has been sleeping in the office. He's like in a full like. Like a robe, like a like a sleeping jacket, and like whatever he's like yeah. just sleeping in his office. 
Uh, he's like, where's that address? Where's that address? I can't find the story that he was working on. I need that address. And he's like, Kolchak, don't you ever read the paper? And he just goes, no. <laughs> and he just keeps looking. There's no any, there's no follow-up. He's just, no, I don't. I'm a reporter. I don't read the paper. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I love the idea of him just not being a reporter who is up on no Nothing. news, just Doesn't has no idea what's going on. Uh, they impeached the president? What? Yeah, like, Kolchak, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Kolchak rubs, has a, like I said earlier, he has a good rubbing it in the cop's face scene where he's like explaining to him about this Diabolero and he's like, yeah, he can turn into a crow. You know, I found a feather next to the one body and the other cops are like, hey, you know, we did find some feathers in that other apartment or whatever. Uh, I fucking the uh, the the cop says the Kolchak like uh, the main cop with the fucked up hair is like well how do you explain uh, the the uh, missing jewelry or whatever and he's like I I can't and he's like ah oh, really and get the fuck out of here like yeah, he, there's no fuck he's like I love it when like he's rubbing in the cop's face but then the cop like ends up getting his goat because he really doesn't have the answers yet to nothing yeah I really enjoyed that also I enjoy that he sneaks into that uh, auction or no not the auction he sneaks into the high rise by Clay like he shows his badge from INS which is like the international news service that he works for and he's like inner city neon services yeah, that's the, it. The guy doesn't like, have an excuse. He doesn't have like he doesn't say what that is. Just that, and the guy's said, like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. The guy's like, "We don't have any neon lights." He goes, "Well, that's the problem. That's why I'm here." <laughs> what's so funny? So he has to go up to the way tippy top, forty floors, forty floors, and then he's like, "Well, I'll take the elevator." And then the guy's like. It only goes up to the first five floors. And so you're like, well, this is why they can't lease the fucking building out. Because you have to walk 40 flights. How unbelievably weird is the scene of Kolchak walking up 40 flights of stairs? One, it goes on a long time. So long! Uh And two, it takes him a very long time to, like, take his jacket off. Hey, man, you're walking up 40 flights of stairs. Loosen your tie. Yeah. Like, take a breather. You've got time. He's not going anywhere. You know, one thing I didn't notice until the episode where they start ragging on him for how shitty his clothing is. Did you ever notice that his tie isn't a normal tie? It's like square to it's bottom. It's a square to bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that about? I think that was like a thing back then. Okay, well, I don't... I, it was I mean, I've seen those type of ties in other things, and I think it's just like a dated thing. But it's definitely weird. Yeah. And it's also weird when he's leaving jail, because he gets arrested for fucking... At the jewelry auction, the fucking Indian god shows up, and he chases it away with his camera flash, but he's already killed, like, five people at that point, so the cops catch him in a room with all these bodies. So much murder. He is released almost immediately. Like, two hours they release him, and they're like, (laughs) they know they had nothing on me. They found you in a room <laughs> with, like, five corpses. Yeah. They've got something on you. Well, I guess the cops at this point are just like, look, Kolchak always ends up amongst a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, I know it yeah, sounds yeah. Weird, weird, but, but I don't... He doesn't actually do it. <laughs> well, it's weird because... So that scene when he walks up literally 40 flights of stairs. Yeah. Um, I don't do drugs. I think drugs are for losers. And if you do drugs, you're a loser. But I was high as fuck watching this. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, like... God, can you imagine walking up 40 flights? Like, I w- it really bothered me because, like, it, he gets to like, the 30th floor and he's, like, exhausted. And he's like, yeah, okay, okay. And you're like, oh, man, this sucks. I'd be so mad. He, uh, and now he has to fight a Indian <laughs> god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever been to the Statue of Liberty? Uh, years ago. Uh, I went, oh, like, years ago as well, like a Boy Scout trip. And that's, like, a lot of stairs and only stairs. And they start getting, like, 
cramped and like fucking steep. Yeah. And I got like part of the way up and I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. It was like, <laughs> like I was even I was like maybe 13 when I was in Boy Scouts and I was like, I don't need to look out the fucking head that that well. But there's a thing of like, oh, you can't really. It's after a certain point, you can't really turn around because it's too narrow. You, if people oh. are coming behind you, so I was like, well, it's now or never. Fuck freedom. I just oh, walked back, bailed, bailed immediately. So I've never been to the top. Uh, so he makes it up to the forty flights of stairs, and it felt very like Nakatomi Plaza up there. It felt like when when Bruce Willis is walking around because there's like piles of like drywall and pieces of like and like saws and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he. There's like a distant. You hear like a faint chanting. You can't really make out what's what he's saying at first until Kolchak's kind of getting closer and closer. It's getting louder and louder. And eventually he gets there. And I swear to you, I am not making this up. It is a fact. He says at least three times, "Eio, yeah, Eio, <laughs> really." You, like, I'm not supposed to know old McDonald. We all know it. You, here's the shitty part. You just have to make up random sounds. You don't have to. It can be anything. And you're using E-I-E-I-O. Yeah. Ooh, ah, ding, ah, moo. Done. I, already, I wrote it for you. Like, yeah. It literally takes any a number of random syllables. And you're I've fine. been working on the railroad <laughs> all the live long day. <laughs> but no, you're just using a thing we already know. Right, right. Yeah, that was very strange. Um, one thing to point out, I in these two episodes, there's a lot of creepy sounds in it. It's yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, so that sure. that is kind of lame. The, EIA I, the ending, thing. but the initial part where it's just sort of a faint uh, uh, chanting that you can't make out, very effective. When he turns it, when he turns into a coyote, they make like a weird noise. Like like they they use a lot of creepy noises in yeah, this yeah. episode. The crow yeah. makes a lot of, like that. The calling of that crow is very creepy because it doesn't sound like a real crow. It sounds like a crow plus like metal grinding. It's yeah. real weird. I really like it a lot. Uh, Kolchak, so the uh, the other thing we have missed in this episode, and it's important to the end, is that Kolchak uh, goes to college. Like he does sometimes, uh, to find out he goes to see like a Native American studies professor to find out about this Indian. Oh, these guys. And he well, first it's just a woman who, by the way, has been in everything. <laughs> she's in she's like six seasons of I Dream of Genie. She's in everything from I Dream of Genie to Small Wonder. She's in Greece. I I I need to be there. She's in fucking everything. Oh wow. Um she uh t- like their walkthrough there's like a, a a mannequin of an Indian with like an outfit on and Colchick's like, Oh, that's him. It looks exactly like that. Yeah. It's just literally that. And she's like, Oh, that's a Diabolero. And that's how they solve the mystery. Uh he, she calls him back and there's these Native Americans there who I think actually might have been genuine Native Americans. It's hard, at least one yeah. of them. I feel like one of them was, the other two might have been Puerto Rican, but I feel like the first one was was pretty genuinely Native yeah. American. And uh he tells them like, Oh, you know, She's like, I didn't believe anything they had to say, but they're insistent that I call you. And they go, oh, you're dealing with the Diabolero. You need to know how to defend yourself, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they tell him that uh, the reason the Flash worked is that the Diabolero magic works through his eyes. And he can sort of hypnotize people or kind of put them in a trance or whatever. But he makes reality change through his eyes. So that's the blinding him is how the Flash worked. And then they tell them that uh, he can't live in his own gaze. That's what they say. Obviously, that means you got to show him a mirror, and that'll kill him. Uh, so Kolchak shows up, and he sees him there. He's like in a fire. He's chanting, and he's putting these jewels 
into the fire, and then uh, Kolchak immediately drops the mirror and breaks it. Which he I, fucks up I, so I really much. enjoyed that that moment. Of, but like, there are moments where I'm like, I don't like his incompetence. But at the end of the day, I'm like, he's not a fucking monster hunter. Yeah, that's true. He's just a reporter and kind of new to this supernatural thing. Yeah, yeah sometimes you drop the mirror, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess you don't really think about it that way. Yeah, he is. He really is just some guy in a shitty suit running around fighting. Who's fallen ass backwards into having to fight <laughs> monsters every week? He's yeah. just a shitty AP reporter, barely holding on to his job. I'm assuming homeless, and now he also is like <laughs> humanity's last hope against yeah. the monsters. I guess it's not like he grew up with all this knowledge. Yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. he literally reads about these things in books a minute before he has to fight them. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah, whoa, yeah. all right, I, cut I the guys some slack. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. He drops the mirror immediately. Chase, chase, chase. He finds another mirror. He shows it to him. Uh the, the Indian guy melts uh, in a very cool makeup effect. I very think. awesome. Right? Very effective. Very gross makeup effect. Uh, and here's where I, another moment of like, really? So he melts, then he turns into a pile of ash, and then the voiceover says like, uh, nothing was found on that floor, not even the ashes. Uh, cops considered it. Case closed. Why? Yeah, what? All we, here's what we know. Ten people have been murdered. Millions of dollars of jewelry have been stolen. <laughs> they use those numbers, millions. It's like the Hope Diamond, essentially. Yeah, they literally say it's like uh, Bonaparte, Napoleon Bonaparte's fucking blue sapphire, and blah blah blah. Millions of dollars worth of jewelry have been missing, and no evidence of a fucking like. Uh, you've seen the murderer. You have no idea what happened to him. And the cops are like, yeah, good enough. Like, there's, there's no, there's two, no follow up. There's two odd moments in that last scene. So. Early, so he he says like, well, you know, but they found like somewhere like they they, they didn't find any ashes, but somewhere in a cop's evidence folder, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have some feathers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one thing that I guess we forgot to mention is that earlier in the episode, there's a scene of carnage with this Indian guy has murdered a bunch of people, and Kolchak is like, oh shit, look at these feathers on the ground. Mm. He takes the feathers home. Like, he takes, well, he takes one feather. There's evidence feathers. from a crime yeah, yeah, yeah. scene. A cop sees him and goes, hey, knock that off. And he goes, all right. And he still leaves with the feather. Leaves the feather. Like, no one says, like, hey, hey fuckface, why don't you leave the evidence <laughs> of a bunch? There, it's a crime scene. And yeah, he just yeah, yeah, takes yeah. the evidence. So that's kind of funny that he did that. They're fucking, that's so weird about this goddamn ending of this episode is that, so he's typing. And he's yeah. typing, and he's yeah. typing, and, and, and you hear the voiceover of him right. being like, blah, 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 blah. And then he stops typing and starts speaking out loud. Yeah, he stops typing, he hits the tape recorder, and he starts speaking out loud. It's so weird. Why do they do that? Well, here's the thing. Like, they've kind of established that as a thing he does. The tape recorder is the fantastical elements. He's, like, recording. It's been since the movie, where he records this, like, the, the horror part of the story there. And he's like, this is for the people who want to know the truth. Uh, you know, believe it or don't, but these are the real facts. And then the, the story he's typing is what's going to end up in the newspaper. Now, Vincenzo's okay. not going to let him run the story about a fucking eight-foot-tall missing Indian god or whatever. Uh, but the, the other stuff about the feather and blah, 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 that'll be in the tape recorder. So, like, he's done that in a bunch of these episodes. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I guess uh, I didn't pick up on that. Just, it doesn't. It's always not necessarily effective because he kind of is typing about fucking the Indian guy a little bit and then stops and, like, says something about the feathers. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is like, oh, the cops let him get away with shit if he doesn't run all the details of the story. That's how, okay. I've, that's how I've taken it. I don't know if that's been explained, but that's how I took it. What do you... 
What's your 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 scoring out, out, out of ten Dean Mans? What do you give these episodes? Uh, I give the it's my unit of measure. I give I give Bad Medicine eight Dean Mans. Yeah, and I give Devil's Platform probably six and a half Dean Mans. Okay, I think that being said, I enjoy. I still like those are positive numbers to me. They're super fun. The de- the Devil one, I think I, I think I give that. I guess it's seven and a half Dean Mans. I mm-hmm. think I think eight Dean Mans is, is a good one for the the, the medicine one. Yeah, I just have I, to measure everything. There's so, I, I again, it's a it's a very unique show in its in its own way. It's very like it's tonally weird. It's you know it's supernatural and it's serious, but then it's also funny. Uh, I feel like it's a predecessor in a lot of ways. It's very much a predecessor to the X Files, but also to like a Buffy or to any of these sort of monster of the week shows. It's very much I don't know another show before this or after this is like this. Not an anthology, not like Twilight Zone, where it's a different thing every week, where it's like a character dealing with a different story every week, but it's still that same, same yeah. character, the same universe. What's interesting about it is that sometimes they'll have um, a werewolf or a vampire. But then, kind of what you're saying, like they'll have someone like this, where you're like, "What the fuck is this? Where'd you get this from?" Like, yeah. It's not like, you know, like you said, the mummy or, or whatever. It's like, oh, this is a supernatural Jack the Ripper. What? Right. What the fuck? Where did you even come up with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kolchak. <laughs> well, I don't think Kolchak came up with it. He's not a. He is a fictional character. I don't think he was a writer on this. Yeah, evidently, from whatever I've done a little bit of research into it, like this is a very influential show on. Uh, the X-Files. That makes sense. I think the For actor sure. who played Kolchak shows up in the X-Files. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a Stephen King story that was made into a movie called The Night Flyer, which is very similar to this as well. It's almost, it's like literally a reporter who's chasing a vampire that no one else believes is a vampire. So oh, it's weird. Very, it's like very similar. Stephen King. Uh, uh, Mm, what's his name? He just died fairly recently. Miguel Ferrer, maybe? Am I having that right name? Oh, he died like three days ago. Yeah, or maybe a week ago, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's like the main actor. Oh, weird. Uh, check it out. You should watch it. It's good. Anything you want to plug? We're we'll ready to wrap this up. Uh, just uh, find me on Twitter, at Pat Dean. I, I post stuff there. Come to Shit's Golden, the first Monday of every month. When is, when is this coming out? Uh, tomorrow morning. Come out to Spike Club tonight. Thursday night, 11 o'clock at the Velveeta Room. It's an insult comedy show, and it's fun, and I'm gonna, you're going to love it. If you watch Comedy Central Roast Battle, picture that, but it's been, hap- it's been happening for like 15 years, so it's, it's like way the, predecessor to fucking Roast Battle. It's like that show, except there's absolutely no effort to clue in the audience as to what we're talking about. <laughs> it's a very back-of-the-room show. very back-of-the-room show, but it's fun. But it's very fun. You should definitely come to that. Uh, you can find me at Chris Cubis on all social media platforms. I uh, uh, check out my other podcast, Wig Snatchers, where myself and Ralphie Harshie and Kathy Barbadoro talk a bunch of shit about politics and pop culture and who the fuck knows what else we talk about. Hell yeah! Uh, tell your friends if you like the show. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Five stars, please. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. I love you.